Hey guys, welcome to Parks and Rec, episode number 31. I'm Chris. And I'm Yanni. And thank you for joining us, whether it's your first time or you're coming back. We appreciate you being here. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, so, you confused me before we started. Oh, <laughs> no, oh no. no. Five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. <laughs> uh, so, I thought we were talking about the unmasking horror We w- We will be talking about that, but this is also going to be about some of the other outside horror nights things that you can uh, see and do. So, Dead Coconut Club? That's that one of the ones that'll be on the list. So. Uh, let's see. What else? Ooh, the Blumhouse photo experience? Yep. And let me see if I get the other one. Is there another one? There's a couple other ones that we did not do yet. We still have a chance to. So, there's ooh. things that we could... Okay. I'm trying to think. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hold on. Hold on. Swing. The Swizzle Lounge. The Spooky. We did the Spooky Swizzle Lounge. Yes. Yeah, so that's another one we got to That is about. another one. And but then there's also the Spooky Sunset Lounge, which is over at Universal's uh, Endless Summer Dockside Inn and Resorts. Mm-hmm. And then the Universal Monsters uh, photo spot hunt that they have throughout the different resorts. Yeah. Which, that's literally all I have to say about that one. <laughs> because uh, if you listen to our lead up to Halloween Horror Nights, you heard us discuss that. We're at each Universal Resort, there's a little photo opportunity spot. Uh, almost like a little scavenger hunt where each one is themed to a different monster. We haven't done that yet. No. Uh, the one that we can't do because we're not staying at a resort is the Chucky photo experience yes, over in that Cabana Bay. Yeah, Universal's Cabana Bay Resort. That one's only open to resort guests, which for how much I'm enjoying the Chucky show and how little I enjoyed the Chucky house, I'm kind of okay with missing out, missing out on that. Um, I th- think if I like the house a little bit more, which I did have a little bit of newfound appreciation for after we did the tour so stay tuned for that this is something that it wouldn't get me to stay at cabana bay to do this if i could find a cheaper resort somewhere else for my vacation i probably would but if that's where i was already staying i would probably be like oh yeah this is cool it's included mm-hmm. let's go so it's not a draw for you it's that's not a draw no it would be it's the same way that resorts always have fitness facilities there. It's like, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> I'm on vacation, sir. Exactly. I wouldn't use it at home, either. <laughs> are you kidding? But yeah, we already talked about, uh, well, laid everything out, so we might as well get into it, because the Spooky Sunset Lounge is the one that we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did do the Spooky Swizzle Lounge at Universal's Cabana Bay. And these are limited-time pop-up bars that are taking place at the bars that are already there <laughs> that have... Special drink offerings. Um, when we went to the Swizzle Lounge, there were like three exclusive cocktails there. I don't remember the name of mine, but I do remember it tasted like cotton candy. And it was delicious. Yes, I don't remember the name of yours either. Mine was like a grasshopper cookie. It was uh, mint and chocolate like martini. And it was really good, but that kind of pushed you over, <laughs> over yep. the edge. And we are not going to talk about that night. After. <laughs> it's because you don't remember that night <laughs> I remember seeing Lovu. I kind of remember the walk to the car and end of scene. <laughs> yes. It wasn't the drinks that did it. We had also been out and about beforehand, so it was a lot caught up to you at once. Don't, don't pull a Yanni, guys. Don't try to keep up with a Chris when he's drinking. <laughs> it happens, but... Without seeing the Sunset Lounge, I can't speak to that one too much, but I did enjoy the overlay that they had for the Spooky Swizzle Lounge. Um, Like you said, we did see Little Boo there. They had the book from Wicked Growth, Realm of Mm -hmm. the Pumpkin there, too. And there's 
some cool little photo opportunities there. But also, there wasn't as much there as I thought there was going to be because mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be a lot more drink offerings that they were going to have. But it's basically just their regular menu, and then they had three specialty drinks. Yeah, so it's not like you're missing out a ton by not going to these bars, but I think it's a nice little surprise. Like, maybe you don't want to go drinking around City Walk and you're staying at a resort. You have a little chance to getting a little bit of the horror yeah, Back I, to your hotel room, you know? I think it would be a fun way to kind of maybe pregame before you go to the resort if you're, well, not the resort, but to Horror Nights. Maybe stop there, get a drink there first, and then move over. Mm-hmm. Maybe take the take the bus. You could walk there, You could too. walk. It is closer. Walk it off. <laughs> but ultimately, I think it is cool that they did include the resorts in the Horror Nights festivities, but is it something that you need to do? No. Ben's attacking Ferris right now. <laughs> it's the spookiest time of the year. Uh, and the other one that we got to visit real quick was the Blumhouse Photo Experience. Yes. And this is free to all guests. It's located at Universal City Walk, upstairs between where the Red Coconut, now Dead Coconut Club for the season, and... Antojitos? Uh, Antojitos, and the Universal Great Escape, mm-hmm. Escape Rooms is. Uh I did not know what to expect walking into this because I didn't see any pictures of it. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. also went the first night that it was available because it just opened that morning. Oh, I didn't realize it was that quick. Yeah. Um, so the day that we went, it was Blumhouse Fest during the morning, which sold out pretty quick. Well, not sold out. Like the reservations went really quick, um, which kind of sad that I missed it. They were playing Megan. The Megan Horde came out to do their dance. Oh, that would have been the second time we got to see that. <laughs> and and uh, they had a showing of The Exorcist. Hmm. Um, so, and then they had a panel where you asked questions and stuff like that. So, kind of sad we didn't do that. So the main question people ask, what time do the Megans come out at? Where are the Megans? <laughs> so this is a very kind of quick and breezy uh, photo experience. There uh, are... Breezy. Four different uh, setups there. There's one for The Exorcist. There's one for Megan. There's one for Five Nights at Freddy's. And then there was one for... The Black Phone. Black Phone. Yes, that was the other one. Which kind of surprised me because that did come out last year. But Mm -hmm. that was also a really popular movie. So I kind of get it. And yeah, it's basically just photo sets with props for you to take your pictures. Yeah. And and move on to the next thing that you're going to be doing. So when we went, there was, I think, only like four other people yeah they did not make a big deal out of this one um it is open every night that horror nights is going on though i think also they could make a big deal out of it because if they did people would probably be let down by it because there's really nothing there to do except pose with the black phone stand with the megan's that are it's just like a printed backdrop like there's not actually like megan's there I think the coolest one to do was probably the exorcist bed. Yeah, because it looks like you're floating off of the bed. And that one also, there's two angles you could take the picture from. Because there's one that looks like you're in the Blumhouse logo. Mm -hmm. And then there's the one from the side where it looks like you're floating off the bed when you rotate your picture horizontally. And it looks so cool. Like, the results speak for themselves. And there's also a fan to blow your hair back. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this is cool. And... I'm glad they're using some of that neglected space in City Walk for some things because nobody went to the, the Groove 
<laughs> yeah, that's why we, that's why it closed down. People don't go to Red Coconut Club, which we can move in to talk about next because the couple times I've poked my head into Red Coconut Club, there's never been anybody there. And it seems like they do get a better turnout when they have these special limited time event make pop-up bars there, like the Cursed Coconut Club, the Dead Coconut Clubs now. I remember when I was younger, my mom used to like party in the Coconut Club. Like that was one of their spots that if her friends wanted to go out for a night of drinking and without the kids, that would be where they ended up in. Not so much anymore. I never hear anyone talk about the Coconut Club. No, I... Or Red Coconut Club. I know there's people that do go there after they get out of work, if they work at Universal, but that's kind of about it. No. Um, So what is it transformed this time? Uh, So this time it is the Universal Monsters Revenge of the Dead Coconut Club in 3D, because if you went to the uh, All Hallows' Eve boutique over at Islands of Adventure, you saw some of these same props and same monster mannequins that were there, uh, where they were actually on set for a movie that they are making. And now we are going to the premiere of that movie. So when you walk in, you're seeing almost like a prop exhibit Mm -hmm. for the movie, but then when you go upstairs to their secondary bar, that's actually where they have the screening of the movie. So they have stadium seating set up, so it does look like a movie theater. You pass by a marquee promoting the film, and they are showing horror movie clips on the screen. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think the drinks last year were better yes. than the ones that they have this year. Uh, but also last year they had, um, I think, just a better layout. Like It seemed more fun and kind of funky. Not anything against this year's. I do like that they have a bunch of props there from This Island Earth, uh, 1950s sci-fi horror classic so that's really cool um to see some of the costumes and props from that but i don't don't remember too much of last year's but i think it was cooler and same thing with the cursed coconut club past mardi gras i think i think the cursed coconut club was my favorite because it looked like a mausoleum and it was it was really cool yeah um i will say i've seen pictures of the bride and frankenstein walking around yeah they weren't there the night that we went or if they were they weren't there at that time but yeah, they are walk-around characters that you can meet. And they're on my list. I want to meet them. I want to take pictures with them. I've never seen the bride in person. I I want to. Yeah, I feel like they're usually out more at Universal Hollywood because they're they're out there walking around with Dracula as well. But Hollywood. <laughs> uh, and then something else we didn't do, and we talked about this at the beginning, was actually the Taste of Terror event that they had in the lead-up to Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. where it was an all-you-can-eat preview of some of the foods that they were going to have at Halloween Horror Nights. And it originally started off being priced at $159 per person for like this two-hour experience, and then they dropped it down to $139. Because I think... was an option without drinks that was a little bit cheaper. Yeah, because they did include a Blinky Cup, <clears throat> and then you could get some of the drinks that they were going to have as well, which would work if you just kind of want to get a precursor look at everything, but... Yeah, that's a lot. It was a for a two-hour event, and then I don't know. I I couldn't justify it then, and I'm glad we didn't try to justify it and go because that would have been a good chunk of money for two hours, and that's money that could have gone towards a much better experience, like we'll be talking about next. <clears throat> Some of the food that they included would have been the left-behind ravioli, mm-hmm. 
the Surfer Boy pizzas, both versions. Peanut or butter three. burger. Peanut butter burger. Walking tacos. The walking tacos. Amazing. Delicious. Love you. Mwah. The bloody snowball. Yeah. And I don't I actually... think they had the poutine as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have gotten the can before everyone else. Yeah, and well, the can's not available anymore, too, so. It was your chance. Or or just suck it up and wait in that line, because that's how we got it. But, yeah, it's a lot. And I think, ultimately, what you paid for the event would have probably worked out to being what you would pay for, like, one of each of those food offerings. Mm -hmm. But if you're eating all of them, and then you're getting, like, one of each of the drinks... Which I don't even think they were full pours. I think they were just like sample size ones. Yes. You would probably be full enough to be like, okay, well, I got my money's worth for the food, but there really wasn't anything else there to, to make mm-hmm. it special. Like they said, like there was a photo that you would get with it as well, but it's not like they had walk around characters. It was probably just in front of a sign or something. Yeah, I mean, Universal is pretty secretive about Horror Nights anyway. Even like the clips that they show for Horror Nights are all from last year. Yeah. So you don't even get anything from this year. So you're just like, yeah, this is the Pumpkin Lord's back? No. No. The Pumpkin Lord is not back. But something that you could have taken that money towards that's definitely worth it is the Unmasking the Horror Tour. And they do these throughout the entire event. It is a daytime event. Um, There's a three-house tour and a six-house tour. This year we went for the six-house tour based off of how we enjoyed it last year and we wanted to get more of that experience. Um, Does bear to note that this does not include either admission to the park or admission to Halloween Horror Nights. You are in a tour group. You're meeting at the old Nickelodeon Studios slash Blue Man Group Theater. You're being walked through the houses in the daytime, and then you are staying with your group as you exit. Yes. Um, For the six-house tour, you do take a lunch break halfway through, where, again, you go back to the Blue Man Group Theater, and then you're kind of let loose for that hour to go wherever you want. Either in the parks if you have admission or in City Walk or bring a bag lunch with you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it... then you go back to the theater for the secondary half. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do will say going through Universal to get to the other houses during the daytime felt really weird, especially having not done Universal. I felt super <laughs> important because like there was the time where we were going back to get into... Um, monsters mm-hmm. and like our tour guy Dave took us back through one of like the cordoned off areas next to Men in Black like he removed the stanchion that was blocking and there was like people watching us like go back and I was like yes <laughs> we all have matching lanyards on we're, we're VIP <laughs> we didn't also go into the VIP building at one point to yeah. leave so yay but yeah um, so three houses in the morning three in the afternoon um, I absolutely love this, and I think I got more out of the tour this year mm-hmm. than I did with the three house last year. And it's not just because we did twice as many houses. I think we went kind of expecting, well, expecting more, mm-hmm. and it being delivered. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I really appreciate this, even though I like the houses. Last year more. Mm-hmm. This year, I think the tour was fantastic. Was it the dad jokes? Uh, it wasn't necessarily the dad jokes. I just think he was very informative and knew a lot about everything, not just the stuff related to the houses. Like the history he was giving us of the studio itself and where things were filmed, what was filmed there. 
things that were like carryovers from Hollywood, um, just a little behind the scenes glimpses and information about other stuff. Um, it's fantastic. Shout out to David, our tour guide. He was phenomenal. Yeah, he was great. Um, prior to starting, I looked to see if there were three house tours available like on our combined day off this week just to see because I would go back and I would request him as a tour guide. He, he was really good. Um, Dad jokes galore. Made me laugh many a time, but extremely kind. And he answered every question that came our way. And he was in the beginning, if I don't know the answer, I may make something up and you guys will never know. And I'm like, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to dwell too much on it because the houses that we did were uh, Blood Moon Dark Offerings, Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate, uh, Yeti Campground Kills, Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, Universal Monsters Unmasked, and Stranger Things 4. The three house tour includes uh, Dr. Oddfellows, Darkest Deal, The Last of Us. The Last of Us, because The Exorcist is not included on the tour. Uh, When I asked about that, he said he didn't know exactly why, but he's assuming because when the house debuted, the movie wasn't out yet, and they didn't want too much of that information being shared with people that weren't in the know about the movie, because he said even some of the stuff that they had made for the house had changed by the time that the movie had come out. So they we're working on the house concurrently as they were filming the movie. So, you know, some things slightly changed. Yeah. Um, I will say for the unmasking tour, none of the effects are working during the tour. So you will not be seeing the projections of the demo bats during the Eddie Dustin on top of the trailer scene. Yeah. They don't have the music playing during it. There's no sound effects, but some of that stuff you don't need because he'll show you how they do some of those effects too. Like with the Chucky puppets and then like the Demo Bat puppets. Mm-hmm. I will say, it's going to the tour. Don't touch Chucky. Why are people touching Chucky? People need to touch things in every single house. They gave you a button in that house. Press the button. They press want the you button. to press the button. Don't so, touch Mr. Chucky. What was your. I'm going to ask a couple questions. What was your favorite house to go through with the lights on so you can soak up the details? And then, second question, what was your favorite fact you learned from any of the houses um that's a tough one because i have so many <laughs> i think visually it's a tie because blood moon with the lights on is amazing amazing mm-hmm. um it is done by the same guy who did dead man's pier last year and i love that house but being able to because when you're walking through you're kind of like trying to shuffle along but when you're walking into the middle of the house and you can see every single part of the house that you're going to go through and you can just see everything, it's amazing to look at in the night, in the day. And you can just kind of like soak in the detail. Yeah, as much as I love dueling dragons and you are allowed to take pictures in most of the houses, but only in certain areas. Dueling dragons, you could take pictures throughout the entire house. So I was extremely excited about that. But Blood Moon is actually my one that I was most appreciated appreciative to go through with the lights on because if you've gone through the house everything is washed in that red light from the blood moon which takes out a lot of the detail that you would see with the lights on so getting to see all of those details that you don't normally get to notice was fantastic because there's so much detail in there even from when you go into that town square where the kids are playing on the maypole with the intestines intestines, i never noticed that there are signs that outline what the buildings are like 
the like the blacksmith shop, the shoemaker shop, because you'd go through those, the candle shop. They all have signs saying like, yes, this is what this building is because you go through them. So yeah. you're actually like going through the town and you can tell what you're going through as you enter into those rooms in the house, but you can't tell that's where you're going to be going before that because yeah. everything is so washed out. I will say the little, the ittiest, bittiest of details are amazing in that house, including the potato sacks full of blood. Mm-hmm. The little, um, what you call it? Little, like, toys left over in the parish town beginning, beginning of the house. Like, you're so distracted by the blood moon that you don't see, like, the little this detail, like, the little cow skull. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. I love, I love that house. Uh, what's your favorite fact that you learned from one of the houses? Uh, hard to beat the 25 puppets, like actual puppeteers over in the Chucky house. Because mm. that was one of the questions that I was really curious about, how many static puppets are in in Chucky and how many of them actually move. The fact that there's 25 puppeteers, the actual puppeteers in that house yeah. is amazing. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say Stranger Things 4. So I'm going to talk about this because when you first walk into the, uh, sorry, I was playing with cat. Uh, when you first walk into Eddie's house, when Eddie's coming out of his bedroom in the pile of clothes behind him, and again, you will never see this during the event because it's super dark back there. You're more watching Eddie come out to yell at Chrissy, but there's actually a Michael Myers mask hidden underneath the pile of clothes paying homage to the fact that he wears the mask in the show, but then also that's where the Halloween house was at HHN 31. So I think that's just a really cool, fun little fact that nobody's gonna see. Some other details that you'll never see in that house. The Hellfire Club little picture that's on the fridge! Mm -hmm. He has a little picture of all of them, and it's so cute! Yeah, also the fact that Eddie has a full bedroom back there, even though you can't see anything outside of the dresser when you look back there. Like, there's a bed, there's more clothes on the bed. Complete with the graduation cap that he never got to wear. So I think this was really fun. Uh, Definitely want to do this again next year, regardless of what the houses are, because we kind of locked in for this before they had said what houses were going to be included on the sixth house tour. Mm Mm-hmm. But after doing the three house last year, I knew it doesn't matter because even if it's a house you don't like or you want to appreciate more, you're just happy to go through all of them. Even Chucky was a delight listening to the Fast and Furious soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, because again, this is a daytime tour, so we backdoored our way into like the war room where um, Ludas is talking to like the, the mission operator. So we had to wait for them to like to clear out the room before like we could like loop back through because again the house takes place in between the buildings of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so we had to like go through an emergency exit into that queue room and then through another door to actually get back into like basically the middle of the house mm-hmm. where you're in between like the two sections of it where you're like outside exposed like the catwalk which was really cool also something to note once you open the door from the fast and furious the first thing you see is a dead body yeah let's not scar the little kids lining in my but i think that that's why we had to like wait for like that room to empty out i love this door so much yeah it's i think it's definitely worth it if you're looking for something to do if you come down on vacation and you're going to be doing the event 
maybe instead of doing a park day, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your time or your money, but parks are very intense with the amount of walking around you have to do, the amount of standing in line. Yes, you are walking a lot during the tour, but it's all focused walking. You're not like backtracking. You're not mm-hmm. like wandering around. Like it's very clear and concise where you're you're heading. And I think it was a great way to spend the day. Our tour started at nine 9.30. By the time everybody got situated and in, we started probably at 10. And I think we were done by, it was like 4 o'clock. Uh, we were already heading out of the park. Yeah, like 3.30 we were done with the last house and then walking back. We got there around 4-ish. So we still had enough time with our day to do other things. But it still felt like we did so much just because we were walking around the theme park, learning lots of fun little facts. I mean, also on our tour, we had some first timers to horror nights that were yeah. going for the first time that night, and they were big Last of Us fans, and they were like going to do the tour tomorrow. Well, the next day for the Three House tour, and they were just super excited. They've never done anything like it, and they were just taking pictures, pictures, pictures. So many I, pictures. I don't know if I would recommend doing the tour before going through the houses and the actual events. Um, just because of spoilers? I, yeah, I feel like it would kind of spoil some of the experience because you already know everything that's going to be coming up. And you know, the first time you go through the house, you're going to find all that stuff out anyways. So it's, I guess, a moot point because if you like the house enough that you're going to go through it again and again, like we do, like it doesn't ruin anything because you're already looking forward to seeing it again and again anyways. So I don't know. So would your perfect Horror Nights experience include a day of doing horror nights the night before then the tour then going to get a drink at city walk or the resorts nearby then going back to horror nights and then doing a tour the next day um it's a lot but yeah that would be very draining because even the nights that we go to horror nights if we're there until close the next day i am not a human being (laughs) until probably about noon um, so I don't know if I would say yes, do that much walking around. I think, if anything, Horror Nights, then the next day, maybe the tour in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can rest and sleep in and enjoy and appreciate the tour. And then maybe that night, that's your city walk day. And then the next day, maybe park and Horror Nights again. So you'll have a terror week. <laughs> yes, a terror week. <laughs> As someone and on Facebook called Hornets. But you have any final thoughts on any of the outside experiences? Um, I will say if you love Horror Nights, the unmasking tour is really, really nice. You get to learn so much, but also you get a little little peaks of inside information that you will never know. Like this year, um, they hid frogs throughout the houses just out of sight of the regular guests i will never know that there are frogs here and there um as someone who now knows where seven of the frogs are those frogs are very tricky to see they're hard to spot (laughs) down there even knowing where they are it's hard to see them sometimes just because of the lighting and how you're being conga lined through the the house um but if you're just doing horror nights a little drink around city walk never hurt no one a little free game um, just to soak up as much spooky stuff as you can. Yeah, I think everything that they did this year, I appreciated like with the outside events. Um, except Taste of Terror. That just 
seems like a cash grab. Yeah. Like a way to beta test the kitchens before you actually release the the food. I don't know. Mm. That that wasn't wasn't for me. I don't like that. 